and welcome back to the Six of Wands. This is episode three of the Six of Wands. Tonight we have a few people joining us. We have my buddy Jake uh, and a few others uh, that will be revealed throughout the course of the show that came on and had the opportunity to talk with me live for the Six of Wands this evening. Began with a really great poem that you'll hear at the opening of this. Uh, this is the part of the show where those who have donated to the show for this episode will get their names mentioned from the $200 and above. This is the executive and associate executive producer level. And if you like the show, if you want to hear it get better, especially these dips in the audio, that's the first thing that gets improved. All the donations go back into the show. And definitely consider doing that if you get something out of the show, really. Um, also... The Invisibles group, uh, Invisibles reading group is coming up, and that you can go to occultfan.com to the donate button and hit that for 1111. We'll get you access to the Discord for the private Discord group, as well as access to everything else for that. So without further ado, thank you for listening, and welcome to the Six of Wands. All right. Welcome back to the Six of Wands. This is the third episode. Six of Wands is the live and participatory show that I do for the Six of Series. So as we begin the show this evening, we will have people coming on. And as we start to do that, I begin each episode with some poetry. And for this evening, we are going to go with a particular piece that I enjoy a lot. I choose pieces based on beauty or meaning to me. So based on anything that, you know, I will find intriguing. So last, uh, last few times we've had some really potent pieces. And the first one, of course, we had to open up with was the thunder perfect mind or thunder, the perfect mind, or <laughs> I tend to say it with an extra the somewhere. So just the thunder, the perfect mind or thunder, perfect mind, as I like to just shorthand it. And of course, the second show was open with Jabberwocky or uh, Jabberwock. Meh. Show my, uh, my English skills need some uh, sharpening. But without further ado, as we wait for others to join, this is The Tiger by William Blake. Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? In what distant deeps or skies burnt the fire of thine eyes? On what wings dare he aspire? What the hand? dare seize the fire in what shoulder and what art could twist the sinews of thy heart and when thy heart began to beat what dread hand and what dread feet what the hammer what the chain in what furnace was thy brain what the anvil what dread grasp Dare its deadly terrors clasp. When the stars threw down their spears and watered heaven with their tears, did he smile his work to see? Did he who made the lamb make thee? Tiger, tiger, burning bright in the forests of the night, what a mortal hand or eye dare frame thy fearful symmetry.
Mm. Yeah. You got to love some Blake. <laughs> For some reason, Terrence McKenna jumps to mind right now, and I don't know why. But <laughs> there you go. That's what's going on in the mind of Nate right now. So this is the third episode of the live show that I'm doing. And earlier today, I'll weave my life into these, got this really great, as you can hear, This wonderful singing bowl. <laughs> it's a dear friend of mine's birthday today. And um, as luck or fate would have it, I ended up opening some birthday presents myself this day. And um, one of them is the uh, singing bowl that you just heard. So that was a really thoughtful gift. But yeah. Um, so basically, as I uh, am waiting for a few people to uh, shuffle in, I got to just keep the show going. <laughs> nice to have people you can delegate tasks to so you can get this stuff more easily done. But I guess I don't have to because here he is. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Let's see if we can um, get that going on. Hey, buddy, what's going on? How are you? Okay. Well, my buddy Jake has showed up and uh I don't know if he can hear me right now. Yeah. His audio is not coming. That's uh that's okay. We'll wait for him to figure it out in the meanwhile. Um there we go and here's my girl. <laughs> hey baby. All right. We got some people shuffling in. This is great. One of the things I wanted to do with the live show is just to get people to be able to have access to me when they want to ask questions or come up with things on the spot and um originally i had it so i could just mute everyone and you know i'm trying different formats but we'll see uh, who shows up tonight and just kind of let it roll there we go we have uh, someone else in here too so yeah so if, as long as everyone plays uh plays nice with one another then uh, everyone's welcome to take their turn and politely speak and listen we'll try that format tonight it's one of the nice things about these six of wands in the fire is that i get to be very spontaneous and combustibly creative so we have uh, Shima here too. So um, hello to everyone. Jake, uh, how's your how's your audio doing, brother? Um, ah, there you are. Yep. Yeah, uh, how's it doing? You tell me. <laughs> How do it's, I sound? It's, it's 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 radical, man. And uh, hey, baby, can you hear me? You don't have to talk if you don't want to, actually. But um, so and uh, hi, Shima. Uh, you you're also welcome to chime in and say hello whenever you like to. But uh, yeah, so far we have a few people here. This is cool. So, I just watched a film called F for Fake, and it's done by Orson Welles, and I'm not going to uh, get too much into the plot of it, but holy crap, like, um, that was, like, his last um, film, I suppose. It was 1973, so it was the same year as Dark Side of the Moon, and this film really is a, it's a testament to the power of what a person who has a keen grasp on both the occult and magic as you would call stage magic, which is, is it really that different? Who also understands the stage magic of Hollywood and 
layers upon layers upon layers of the green language and so forth. This was a film that's up there, I would say. I compared it to um, Eyes Wide Shut. I'd say it's kind of like the final like opus uh, that would be done by a maestro of film or of... And if you understand the true power of film, these are, these are top magicians. Kubrick, Kurosawa, Orson Welles. These names are synonymous, if not... Well, I'm not going to say higher then, but synonymous with any Crowley or I guess Cagliostro you could go to. Um, it's a good Chinese magician. Oh, the yellow emperor. There you go. It shows my, 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 um, my, what's the, a waiting pool level depth of Chinese uh, magicians. But uh, yeah, Jake, do you know any Chinese magicians while we're at this? Chinese magicians. Right. That's a good question to ask. Cause like we all fucking talk about our, like this, that, the other thing, but like, Man, we really need to like blow open like the understanding of the world. You know what I mean? Like, there's potent magic to be drawn from. Yeah. Oh, seems like I have known like some, but uh, I've been so focused on the the Western mystery tradition that Chinese isn't is <laughs> really not too much to my uh purview you know the uh the thing i like about peter lavenda that i identify with him on especially um you know what i'll speak to right here is that he has a book about the stairway to heaven talking about the concept that is often occulted by christian mysticism for example that almost gets seen in like the golden dawn and stuff like that but like you know, you have the idea that you can actually get your consciousness to transcend these levels of, I don't know, whatever the mathematical sets that are consciousness, dimensionality, numerology. I don't really have that full a picture yet. Um, you know, TBH, this is still new to me, right? But when you look at the idea that he's talking about with the Hekhalot or the um, throne or chariot mysticism in this book, Stairway to Heaven, brilliantly named, that talks about using that consciousness evolution or the makaraba right um and ties it also in like one third of the book to the jewish mysticism and then ties it to chinese mysticism which i think is alarmingly potent because of the concepts that are expressed in each that seem like they're different but when you look at it that's abrahamic and that's obviously when you said i spent time right so it's the east meeting west and he's saying look there's a human capacity or function going on here that we each have access to if we train ourselves and take it seriously. And God only knows the fruits of that, the, reper the repercussions of the reproduction of that behavioral modality of living or a living system, right? Yeah. And like both the traditions or all the traditions, I guess I should say, are... Uh the, the the goal is the same thing. The end goal or whatever is the same, which is the um, best way to describe it. It's kind of like levels of consciousness. Consciousness is such an overused word that it, that it leaves it too broad. Um, it's like a level of awareness, you know what I mean? Where it's uh, it's a very difficult thing to describe. 
that's for sure. But <laughs> oh, I mean, you know, you, me, and everyone else who's ever really taken a good crack at it. It's um the thing that the thing that you're trying to say is like, and I don't know if there is one ultimate human goal, but I kind of you know I kind of from this framework look at it as if it's not so much like you know um, some kind of. Uh, Apoptosis is what happens in the brain when the neurons fry. What's the word I'm looking for? Apotheosis. Haha. Apotheosis. <laughs> yes, I had a great song title, the apoptosis of apotheosis. But anyways, <laughs> dark <laughs> shit. But anyways, um, a little bit different. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> or is it? Dude. Or is no, it? No, no. It's, <laughs> like, it's like you're fried from the experience right right like, like, <laughs> they might be more closely related than you thought huh? yeah, well. <laughs> so that being said though and i think it's important to realize that like the experience is not the brain right the brain's the pc that allows for the thing to not get all you know wait for the word glitch mode you know the brain is important for that function but we are we are so much more than a brain and anyone who thinks like thinks they're not thinking if you think that <laughs> just a, a thinking machine you are so, oh man you are you are ripe for the picking i that's, I, I tell you what that's, that's meta there if you think you're a thinking machine <laughs> precise. you know what just you know what they're gonna get picked up and plugged in in the end and that's not okay but you know i, I i'm hoping that what we're doing here tonight actually you know prods people enough that if they heard that and it pissed them off that i'm still saying look it's not game over there you were like me i was like that too <laughs> like very and who knows how ignorant i still am like for sure you know i really i gotta i gotta say like one of the main things that i really care about is calling me out on my own complacency not for anyone else's sake because no one else can really do anything for me at that internal function it's really important for me to do that and call me on my own bullshit I'm not telling you like my specific plans or anything, but a general zeitgeist <laughs> thing that I think is important is like to really make sure like with other people in my life, I can't help it. I was trying to avoid this and I'll say it now because one of the things that Libra men will do, we're talking about sun signs, not rising or moon or anything. Libra sun sign men will in exhibiting the Libra the type typology, they'll tell you everything they're doing wrong. <laughs> they'll be very, very quick to admit this is what I'm doing. And it's like shit that people wouldn't you wouldn't even expect people to admit to. It's like this, this I'm like, Libra is very able to marshal that air reserve directly, directly, direct like a like a Death Star almost, you know. Yeah. Anyway, so my point about that was that I, you know, I'm very, I'm very um, regimental with my own um, examination of my own processes, which matters because, like, ultimately, it's not about being like a, an armchair, this, that, or it's about living in the world, living your story artistically. I'm not just speaking for myself, but especially how I see it as an artist is living your story artistically in the world freely, and at the same time, it's not taking it so seriously that you get bent out of shape over anyone who disagrees or like even thinks it's funny. But at the same time, you're not such a clown that you don't take anything seriously or that you're just like a, a negative creep. You know, you have to have, I'm chaotic. Good is how I, is how I align myself. So maybe it's just me wanting things to go towards that good that I'm just, I have very little, um, there's use for all sorts of there's use for evil people there's use for neutral people there's use for good depending on where you're coming from you're going to be trying to use them differently 
uh, ostensibly speaking so. So, I mean, like, again, return to myself on this. It's about what I ultimately bring to the table, and I can't really condemn anyone else. Like, every minute I spend judging someone, I think about this. I'm not saying I'm great at it, but, like, I think about every fucking second I'm judging someone. There's a second that I'm not, like, you know, looking at what my own shit is. And, like, it's such a small thing, but it's like going back to when you're a kid, knowing how... You, you know, when you're not, when you're acting like just happy and free, there's a thing inside us that knows like a modulation, a governing that knows the right quote unquote, at least modular spectrum of the quote unquote way to be, you know, it's not that, um, high flying, but like to understand why you should, besides that innate knowing it gets high flying to spire and circumnabulate around the topic at least seven times to come back around to how epistemology is, you know, ultimately the same as ontology is ultimately the same as ethic, I suppose, just to throw all that shit together. But whether or not you would agree or disagree with something so alarmingly wide swathed and thrown together like that, I mean, it does come back to the Wittgenstein quote about how the mysterious is not how, but that. And again, that's important because it comes back to like, it's not like how you're being, it's that you're being. Okay, that's why you got to not take it too seriously, but not be too much of a clown about it either. Because, you know, well, I don't think there's any super, super fucking dire consequences to the reality. Ultimately, I think things are benevolent in whatever way, even if it's just like that this is a giant joke, then hey, haha. <laughs> but if, you know, if there is a serious side to things, and there obviously is because, you know, would you want to see your own family member this unless you're a twisted individual who's a psychopath, which again, evil, no use in that way. What I'm saying ultimately, if you're able to follow my train of thinking here is that we're able to say that like, you know, don't take it so seriously what we're doing here, this act of self-improvement, right? But also take it deadly seriously. Take it so fucking subtly that you could like, if you fuck it up, if you're not actually trying your fullest and only you know this only you know you know you know subversion through subconscious from commercial advertising that's passing you by on you know what i mean like your own deepest 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 voice and maybe you need to clear away some cobwebs to find that voice meditation dream journaling and sync journaling those are your three uh that's one two three to get you back on track to finding out who you are and start kind of getting uh, more in touch with your spirit allies you can get on that down the line practical things to get us back so you know i want to make sure that uh, if i'm already preaching to the choir that's fucking great i guess but that's not going to help and i love that i have some good people here tonight and i hope that people here after this you know people who might try to disagree or think like this that the other thing you know we had a gentleman the other night uh jake on your show uh that was talking about you know he asked people about their faith and when I find that people ask people about their faith, it, you know what I find? I tend, and you might notice this, and people even ask about the faith might notice this. You actually want to talk about your faith. It's one of those conversation starters, and God bless it. I think we should. I think we should also talk about the avenues and why we, why we see people approach certain conversations through particular linguistic mechanisms. I think the biggest truth is important. Now, what, uh, what I didn't tell this good individual who may or may not have been of the Christian faith, my father's a pastor. Yeah. I'm the son of a preacher, man. For all I know, ultimately, my destiny is way crazier than I can even conceive of it right now. But I do, um, I was thinking about this today. How do I even describe myself to someone who asks about my faith? I say chaos magician and that, what do they do? You know, it's like their brain's just going to explode. They can't handle two words like that. 
You know? Well, and that's not even necessarily a oh, faith. Ahead, that's more of a that's more of a skill set <laughs> than a faith as far as chaos magic, you know what I mean? Oh, it's a good interjection. Yes. Uh well, yeah. good point. I mean, but um, you know, I guess that ultimately where I was going with that would be it's not really so much in alignment with any one thing, but I do not for a second discredit where I came from, which is when I was a kid, we were raised Methodistish. Methodisty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and then there's a the part of me that's a quarter Jewish, and my mom's even more, my dad's, you know, and there's that, but we never really did the thing, you know, like Hanukkah with quotes, right? Like, yeah. It was nice. But like, and I've always identified with that, but then you get into like, it's a good thing you said there, Jay, because you're like, what is a religion? What is a faith? What is a culture? You know what I mean? It's the same across the globe. You could go all the way for Christian cultures, Gnostic, you know what I mean? So it's really bringing it back around to not only what is maybe that one human aspect, but how do you get there? It's through that self-improvement. It's through that negation of noise. It's about- And it goes back to what, like- uh We've actually brought this up a lot in our six of the cups and whatever else that we've been And now on. on the wands. And now on the wands. And we might have even brought it up one time on the wands, too. With the whole... Welcome, Jake. The map and the territory. So when you start talking about the, the faith, that's... And so, like, because uh, they were talking about it, and the one guy had said, you know, obviously, like, one of them was Christian. Another one said he came from a, more of a Norse pagan background and stuff. And I was like, I'm sitting there like, well, I know what those all mean. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. So I can't say I'm not, not any of those. Well, and here's, and here's an interesting thing I want to say. Cause like within groups, within groups, like you'll get people who are afraid of the term pagan. And yep. really, and, and, but yet from their, from their position, you can understand it if they're not. And what's, what's really alarming because it's because they well, don't understand I'm gonna what it is. I'm going to finish this thought. What's really alarming is the people who already know everything, right? Their cups already full. Yeah. And that's, there's, there's not much you can do because they're kind of like a machine that's running on a loop. They're, they, to call them broken isn't necessarily fair. They're like an old, inefficient car, yada, yada. And God bless them. But ultimately, truth doesn't wait for lies, okay? And it's not going to wait for someone who's going to be all psychotic and have this one breakdown. Of, you know, what I'm saying is that I think people should, if I turn out to be a Christian, God bless me, right? I may still do my planetary stuff. I may not, you know, who knows? But the whole point is that I may turn out to be, you know, it doesn't matter. What matters most is that you turn out to be someone who is always sought after truth of being compassionate to other people and working as hard as you can at whatever gifts that you incarnated here to do. Those three things, I don't think we have much time for arguing who's right, who's left, who's this, who's that. But, you know, I'm just obviously speaking like an adult now. Yeah. A lot of times we're just, all right. And that's basically, even when you get to the faith, it's it's very similar to arguing semantics. (laughs) It kind of is. You know what I mean? Because... (laughs) They're different maps of the same territory. And Topography, like, like baby. You were saying, yeah, like you were saying, like uh, some people think they got it all figured out and everything. I mean, there's one surefire way to know that you don't have everything figured out, and that's that you're still here. My girlfriend's that's what you are here for. 
is to find out who and what you are. That is the key to everything. But, the, but so I mean, finding the, out exactly who and what you are. The truth is, is that the truth is like a beautiful woman, and like sometimes she has, you know, black hair, and sometimes with like, you know, you're not gonna give up on the truth. What the hell would be wrong with you? Yeah. Uh, you're, that's you're gonna going. you're gonna have everything figured out just as soon as you can calculate pi and phi to to the end. <laughs> then I'll have got, then I'll have really and then I can use CERN to manipulate the Mandela effect. Great. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. I was just so excited about saying truth is like a beautiful woman. But then Ace Rock like brings it to the next level. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> truth ain't a bitch. You just call her a bitch because she ain't let you get that. Anyways. Yeah. But um, that's uh and that's what the mysteries right? are all about, both Western and Eastern even. Yeah, but um, what were you saying about just a second ago about making yourself a better person? I, I wasn't trying to talk over you. I was just really excited to talk about beautiful women. I do that. No, well, I was getting there. I'm like saying that's what you are here for is to find out who and what you are. And um, so I can only speak from personal experience here, obviously. But uh, all right, so we know we're not our bodies. What we are is a point of awareness. We know we're not our bodies because we can leave our bodies and have astral travel. Or whatever, right? Many people point taken. Good, it's a good point. Yeah. So I've also had, so I've had those experiences before. And I've also had experiences where like uh, that point of awareness that would be me. The There's like these artificial boundaries that keep it walled off from everything else. And those just kind of melted away where it was that point of awareness that I consider myself intermingled with everything else around me so i could see through the eyes of other people and all kinds of stuff and hear their thoughts and you know we're all just one you know so so this goes back That's to true. apotheosis yeah so this goes back to apotheosis to where you know if you can expand it to encompass the whole universe well then you are one with god because you are god that's what you are but that's what i was saying it goes back to like levels of awareness you know and it's actually the uh at least in the western mystery tradition and they would have to have some kind of analog in the eastern i mean it's not as familiar with it well the bodhisattva and the buddha are ultimately compassionate and encompass their compassion and to encircle all mankind right Maybe I don't know. Like I said, well, that's about the Eastern. As far as I understand it, yeah. Um, But in the Western, what's what's well? Let me let me say about like basically your your point about this. Well, actually, no. You go on. Yep. So in the Western tradition, the soul has its its uh, path that it takes, right? Where you start, you start out. Everything started out as one with the Godhead. Right? We all spring forth from the Godhead, and then there's the path of individuation, where you. And a lot of people would like this would be kind of analogous to the left hand path, because you're more focused on yourself and individuating and separating yourself from the rest of the universe. And then once you've reached a certain point where you're fully bump what you are and then you start going back the other way now we all mirror this in our uh 
when we're born, when we're first born, or in our lives, you know, the process of human development there. Like when we're first born, we don't separate ourselves from anything. Everything's just all, you know. And as we age, we start individuating more. So where, you know, we get to, what, two or three, and you start learning the word no, and you figure out you can say no, this and that and that. Then as we get older, we become more individuated. But then at a certain point, we start wanting to be part of the society and part of different groups. And uh, joining back together and is bringing, you know, ideally in a healthy situation. And we're bringing our, our strengths to, to, uh, towards something to increase the whole, you know. And that, that's the point of individuation. So you can recognize your strengths and develop your strengths in these types of things. And so uh, ideally we can use it for the glory or, you know, they call it the glory of God. And I think another way of saying the glory of God is doing something good for people. Yes, because the God got Okay. So it's like the hermetic concept of the all that's God, yeah, exactly. Right? bro. That's exactly. Like that's everything. That's well, that's the thing I like. The, I like God is this. this is the way as an artist, because as a microcosm of God, I like this. It's the Holy Trinity to me could be this, the art itself the artist and the art appreciator you need those three things you need those three things and that's the way i understand it i'll tell you this too the thing about getting to the apotheosis is very important in a, in a way and why i started to talk about scared cultures because a lot of people say oh they're saying that you got to get to apotheosis they want to learn and be free thinking instead of just following the thing that i believe and i'm like yes that's why i started to say that but the thing that we got to be afraid of here and I don't use fear, like, I don't want to say afraid of. Let me say this. The thing that we need to live freely in, in submitting to love over anything else, in submitting to love, in submitting to love, we must live freely and say that we must always live to die a natural death. We must live to get apotheosis or closer to returning, while still as autonomous individuals, to a spiritual Godhead living you know, in this, we, we might start to collectively hallucinate if we all get on the same wavelength of like modality here. I'm talking about some deeper shit, but like basically, ultimately, what I'm saying is do not forget there is something that could try to make it so that there's an electronic, digital, or otherwise synthetic anti source manner of making us try to evolve ourselves or you know, try to sacrifice some kind of our freedom for this. So what I'm saying is very important. You need to realize that apotheosis is integral. Do not get trapped by the bipolarity of either the one side of saying that it's a, you cannot do that because of religion, nor do the other side and go so far to say that you need it so badly that you must try to do something with electronics. Neither of these ways are going to turn out well for you, my friend. Yep, that's definitely true. I did. There's no reason that you would almost be like handicapping yourself to do it, try to do it with electronics. That's uh, join the Borg, you know what I mean? Better more than Borg, <laughs> as the good Christopher Loring Knowles did say. So, uh, yes, yeah, that's definitely not transhumanism is not the way to go. Oh. But, I, but 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 beyond agreeing with that, I do like how you said like when people say what's your uh what's your so what's your belief system right what's your faith, 
and if I said chaos magic, right, that's that's the closest thing to actually giving them what like they're looking to ask, like what they're trying to ask. So that's, that's what's, what I do. I do this, I do that. But then there's also other systems and other things that I use too. So like notice how I'll, sometimes I'll mention what I do and sometimes I won't depending on the company, depending on if I think people can handle the conversation without spiraling out, you know, going the other way, spiraling out, not the other. Use well, and that's the thing about, Chaos magic is it's almost like a meta tradition. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's true. Where it's, you know, uh, it's uh, focusing on what, how the other, the other traditions work. Because like I said, they're all different paths that lead to the same destination. It just means I do anything too. It's not even like a label either. It's not like chaos. It's like, it's like the, it's, it's like one of those non-label labels. It's not really a label either. It's just. It's just something that's it's kind of nice and easy, and it's just it does the job quickly enough. Honestly, it's like podcast. You know, like I said, it's the map and the territory thing. So you need the map so you know, okay, this is where I'm at, and this is where I'm trying to get to. So you know, we we should do a live radio play tonight, Jake. We should just make up a story as we go along and see if some weird shit happens. That's that's what I'm kind of <laughs> feel, like in a few minutes, like or right now, we could start. Do you want do you want to do a character or do you want to do it being a meta version of yourself? Which way do you want to go? Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> I haven't put any thought into that. And actually, I'll be right back. I gotta find my phone real quick. All right. Well, while you do that, I'll explain that I have not put any thought into this either. I'm making it up as I go along. That's how a good Pisces rising does things. Um, so, whilst whilst our our uh, co adventurer is getting ready for co adventuring, um, anyone else who is here right now who wants to join us, and that includes um, RDB uh, and Shima, if you guys want to join us, we're we're just going to start creating a, a nonsense play for the listener here, and um, we're going to just kind of make it up as we go along and. You know, see what happens. Maybe, maybe it ends up just two guys talking about a like bar of soap next to a lamp, or maybe there's something epic that happens. We discover a weird secret paradox. Uh, Jake, what's uh, what's your character's name? You know, put me. I, I can't. I'm not good at coming up with stuff like this on the spot. Really? <laughs> yeah. Do you want uh, me to give your character a name? I like. Sure. Like I usually, like I usually like. Stuff like that, I would put like a lot of thought into it. All right, well, spontaneous well, well, kind of thing. We'll call your guy Tusk for now. Just Tusk, that works. Tusk is <laughs> Tusk is a good one. Yeah. Um. All right, fine. I'll just go. I'll just go with Comet for now. I like Comet. Comet and Tusk. That works. Sounds like a kind of like an occult law firm. <laughs> Uh, so you gonna sound more like Starsky and Hutch comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was thinking <laughs> something, and that's why I was comment, and that's it. All right, so we're in a cult detective agency, like you know, going after this guy who's smuggling. This is syndicate. This low level. We've got. We, we're just about to make a low level bust of these. Um, they're smuggling this weird mystery drug. It's like this weird sparkly, purpley astral powder, and when you inhale it. It makes your eyes basically roll in the back of your head, but you can actually go back in time and control about 15 milliseconds 
of your past and change something in real life. So you get a whole bunch of these thoughts. So the whole arc, now that we advance that powder thing, eventually you get through that. That's where the Mandela effect is coming from. It's a whole bunch of these time junkies just doing a bunch. Of, so we're still at the beginning phases. So now we're approaching the warehouse. We're about to make a huge ass bust. And Tusk, you notice that there is what? Lodged in the keypad of the doorway. Some lies in the keypad of the doorway. Exactly. Um, a matchbook. A matchbook, huh? So it looks like someone's jury rigged the keypad open. They've rigged it in there. You can even see that there's not a single match missing. It looks like it's freshly taken. The pack's obviously crumpled. We, we assume it's been handled with gloves, so we don't pause to look at that. We use the same door keypad trick, and we slip right on in. As we enter the But is there anything written on the on the matchbook? Eat it Joe's motherfucker. <laughs> um <laughs> Kilroy was here. No, that's on the window in blood. No wait, that's later. All right, anyways. <laughs> Spoilers. So anyways, as we enter into the warehouse, the entire lower level of the facility is dark, but we can see that there's a loft-like area that's being used for offices. And there are three men up there, and we can see two of them pacing around. One of them is tied to a chair. Now, what do we do next? Try to get closer so we can hear what they're talking about. As we but approach, stealthily, stealthily. As we approach, we get up underneath the loft area and discover that there is a winding staircase in the left-hand corner and the right-hand corner. We can hear from above them that they're grilling one of the men who is assumedly tied up in the chair because he is responding much more slowly and much more withdrawn than the other two are much more active and spirited. And we can hear that they're trying to coerce him to give them a certain amount of money and some coordinates and something else, but we can't quite make out the name of it. But we assume it's what they're tying him up and beating him up is all about. We approach by each staircase. You take the left, I take the right. And as we get to the top of the stairs, we discover that there's actually three more other men there, each of them bodyguards. And do they notice us? What happens next? So... Yeah, one of them notices us. Let's say that. One of them notices us and uh, starts to say something. Thankfully, though, you notice this and you yell out loudly as I draw my gun and blow the brains out of all three of them. But this allows the other two guys noticing us now to get the drop on us and their guns are already out aimed right at us. What happens next? Wait, run that by me again. What just happened? You blew their brains out. And then the other two but guys the other drop, two... On us, drop on us. Yeah, so they so they hauled ass pretty much. Well no, it means now they're pointing their guns at us and now we are we have to make a move very quickly. What happens next? Like what happens next in the story? You I have my gun out and assumedly you're getting ready to do something. So what's going on? What are we what happens next? Um Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> so what happens is oh, the guy yeah. 
the guy well, in the chair okay, kicks the other one in the leg, and he shouts out, and the other guy gets distracted. You get the drop on the other guy, shoot him dead. The guy looking up aims to go at you, and right as he pulls the trigger, it bla- it blares out a huge bang because at the same time mine's gone off. I blow him away while this one whizzes right by your shoulder. We walk up to the other guy. We help him out of the chair. He takes off his thing, and he has a suicide vest on. Now what? <laughs> um, the first thing we ask him what's going on and he tells you that it's not really a suicide vest we just mistook it for that so he tells you that there's this weird purple kind of drug that they've held him up over he's actually an undercover agent a special agent working for the FBI that's been trying to figure this out turns out that well, right now, he seems like he's just a special agent. He has one of those weird-ass occult agents. So it turns out that we're going to end up landing in with the FBI, and we end up doing the... Fr- Anyways. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. We, we, we might be just like actually making up some real shit right now. This is fun. <laughs> or, or whatever it is. It was fun to listen to for a quick bit. So, there's a, so I started off with a bit of poetry before everyone joined the room. I read uh, William Blake's The Tiger, and you can hear that at the top of this episode. And... Uh, you know, now we, we talked a bit about um, metaphysics and reality and, you know, how consciousness evolution should look if we're talking like adults. And then we also just had a bit of a um, live, real-time radio play. So this is, all, this is all going really cool so far. And we're not even fully through the uh, – we're only at uh, 45, 42 minutes in, actually, right now about. 42 minutes is a, is a good number, of course, because that's the answer to life, the universe, and everything, which, you know, I can't help but say this. This, this vignette somehow smacks of, Doug, of Douglas Adam. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what we covered in the interim between the, the poetry and the, uh, and the story. So <laughs> the answer to the life, the universe, and everything. <laughs> I mean, if I have anything to do with it, I think that's the the game that I'm playing. You know, I mean, you, you know, I like to say that I, 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 in the game, I don't change teams when I've chosen a team. I don't change teams. It's just not something I do. Yeah, I change the game <laughs> if I ever need to. Yeah, but I'll never change teams. Chaotic good. But I'll, you know, if I need to change the game, which that's gonna guarantee everyone's gonna know if the game changes, because that's <laughs> that's gonna get weird for everyone. <laughs> I'm looking forward to uh, these upcoming months. I mean, I know we got the uh, Merc Ret going on coming here, but that's shit's that's that's baby bathwater. If you're if you're looking at astrology, you know, like it's really simple. It's just gonna happen. You know. Some people even like to get freaky and say, don't, don't worry about not signing contracts and shit. Everyone's got their own, you know, find what works for you ultimately, but there is something going on with astrology. But ultimately, you know, what's really important is that you besides not fucking spilling coffee on your shirt while you're trying to make a goddamn point, which I will tell you right now is a, is a largely good thing to do (laughs) 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 is that ultimately we see that um <clears throat> these kind of uh 
these kind of uh, where, where the fuck was I going? You spill some coffee, you get distracted. God damn it, coffee! I'm so addicted to you. I love you. I'll never type bad about you. I'm sorry, coffee. I love you. So that was a quick fight. Anyways, the point is, is that yeah, I was, I was. What was I going on for astrology about for a second there? As we, as Joey J pops in here. Jake, where was I going with that point? You want to you want to bail me out here? No, sorry. Where were you? I don't know where you were going. I was going somewhere. I spilled some fucking coffee. <laughs> awesome. I really was like, don't pay attention to the coffee. Don't pay attention to the. Don't pay attention. Now I'm paying attention to the coffee. That yeah, happens. A lesson to you people: pay attention to what you want to pay attention to about. Um. Well, well anyway. you didn't pay attention to the coffee. That's how you spilt it. So it's a little late for paying attention. To the no, I was paying attention to the mug. Actually, I was having. <laughs> It was entirely my fault. I was having all too much fun swishing it, to be honest with you. That's where yeah. that came about. I got this lovely little blue. Oh, you were paying box. too much attention to the color. Something <laughs> along the line of like just chaos. And it's this cute blue and green hedgehog. On one nice. side, sleeping. On the other side, it's awake. And it's the color scheme is what I truly love about it. It's got two different kinds of blue and a really bitchin' green. It's just nice. a mug. Uh, anyways, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I was going on about something. I started to talk about. Oh, you know what it was? It was about this. Um, I'm looking forward to this time. I was saying I'm looking forward to the times that are coming, even though we got the Mercury retrograde and I was starting to talk about astrology. Then I thing with the thing, you know, technology right here jumping up and down for Mercury retrograde. So yeah. anyway, yeah, you know, it's simple technology, but it's a mug. It's a technology. It's technically so, technology. So. See, I, I'm, getting, <laughs> I'm getting much better at recalling. Uh, my mind's getting much sharper at the, uh, the interludes, which I feel very positive about. Um, and what I'm saying is ultimately, I'm looking forward to this time that's coming up uh, in the next few months. I feel like there's a lot of positive developments going on, even though we're facing some tough astral weather. I think it's that very kind of alembic toughness that's going to propel a lot of us forward. A lot of us know how to ride these waves or swim in these waters. And I think it's going to be really useful times going forward. In fact, right now we're at a new moon. So everyone who's here tonight, I know, is going to do something with this time period coming forward. So that's yeah, I didn't even realize tonight's a new moon. That's why that's I said it too. Perfect because that's perfect though. Because eleven forty eight p.m. Nice Eastern Standard. Yeah, yeah. As far as I can so, tell, so about three hours, something like that. I mean, whether or not it's like directly that, it's it's either like right now or coming up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever they say the exact time is, but you know. Jake, do me a favor and uh, talk for about 60 seconds. I'm going to run this shirt under the water just to make sure there's no stains or anything, even though the coffee does kind of match the fabric. You know, my, right. I, I, I love doing that on my own show. I'm just like, Jake, I got to fucking get this coffee up. Pardon my language. <laughs> uh, you, know, you know, it's going to be more like 45, but I'll be right back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm supposed to talk. and I have no idea what I'm supposed to talk about. So... Uh... Anybody in the chat have a question that I can answer? Okay. <laughs> I'll take that as oh. How I cross paths with Nathan Lee. I cross paths with Nathan Lee. I believe it started. I think I started from Dark Journalist was watching the, <clears throat> the X series. I leave for five seconds and he's inviting people to come on. This is good. <laughs> he's like, I don't know what to do. Someone else help. No, hello. Uh, no, it's okay. Everyone's welcome to talk anyways. Who, who was asking a question though? 
So Shima was it because I asked them to ask me a question, so I had something to talk about. Oh, that's good. But uh, yeah. Shima had asked how how me and you crossed paths. Was it dark journalist for real? Yeah, yeah, it was dark journalist. Well, that's where I'd seen your name before, and then on Twitter, following dark journalist is how we started talking. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm and glad then, I'm. Uh, Glad I'm wearing this Rosicrucian shirt. So even if I spill clothes on my first coffee, clo- now I'm spilling clothes on my coffee. All yeah, right, that's that interesting. How much I love coffee. <laughs> it tells you something about how much I love coffee. Uh, when I got knighted on No Agenda, I got uh, Kona Coffee and Maui Wowie. Nice. I represent, but yeah, I'm sorry. Please uh, continue. But yeah, but then uh, so we had talked quite a bit on Twitter. And uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, you're real. You were, you know, what struck me about you, and I continue to find this about you like every time we talk, which I know when we talk, we only talk for like a couple of minutes and such, which happens <laughs> a couple <laughs> minutes, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a couple minutes, five <laughs> hours. What's the next? <laughs> but the, the thing is, when I noticed in the grand scheme of things, you know, <laughs> like, this guy's really easy to get along with. I like this, like, something about you. It's just like we, it was always just nice, like, it was just, I don't know, it was good. That's all. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. So, anyways, yeah, and we didn't really like start to talk too much for like a long time, I guess. And you reminded me of this because, like, it was like a year, or at least six months or something. Yeah, it was probably uh, six months to a year or something like that. And then, uh, then I started seeing you everywhere in the <laughs> in the uh, uh, live streams on YouTube. But I think it was. In particular, like, well, we had already talked quite a bit, but uh, then when we started, then uh, on RX only, oh, yeah, and the chat's there, yeah. yeah, that was no, 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 but we'd already been talking then, yeah, 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 yeah. no, the RX game that was probably like a little bit, yeah, yeah, it was um, a little later. We we started talking about just like first when we actually started talking, talking though. What was it that started us going? Was it was it OT? It was music. You were, <laughs> you were drinking wine and I was drinking cider, and you were posting the Thirsty Thursdays music. That's when we first really started talking. I forgot that I did that. <laughs> uh oh. Um. Yes. No. It's very good. Um. Yeah. I actually. That's that's kind of like what spawned. That was like a precursor to the podcast. I was like, I was just gotta, <laughs> gotta change this up a little bit. And it's it's good. It's the the formula is quite fetching. Um. And and yeah, man. I'm totally. Um. I'm gonna be tying in. You're part of the Invisibles reading group, right? You're gonna do that. Uh yeah, I'll have to get a copy of the Invisibles, but yeah. Oh sure. well, um, there's 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 no um you know for visuals there's no uh, PDF or anything that will take. Yeah, care. of course, because you know that would be a copyright violation. So you certainly would, I wouldn't do that. You know? I would never even. Um, I would not be the one. You wouldn't dream of it. Yeah, not even. This is not such a thing as so. But like for the people who you know need uh need some financial. We have a, we have a way to cross the gap between people who can't seem to financially grok that for now because it can be a a burden at 160 sometimes for the omnibus this that the other thing a lot of people and this is why we definitely don't have a PDF 
is that a lot of people already own this. You know, I mean, like everyone I've talked to already owns this kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. you know, just because like we definitely don't have a PDF. <laughs> yeah. But, like, what I'm more excited about is just the stuff that I'm, this is what led us into it. Is that like, I'm thinking about like different kinds of like playlists and things. One thing that was special that like I do, like JJ and I did was that we listened to music together. She's, she's all the way in Manhattan. I'm all the way in Boston. It's not like we can hold hands, but we can listen to stuff. Synchronize. So one thing I think that's really good is that we could get a playlist. I'm going to build a playlist and not, Everyone has to listen to it at the same time. Everyone can choose to listen, but it's certain songs. That time it reminds me of a platform that I forgot about that a friend of mine did something on last night and I remembered how cool it was. It's called Dub FM. And you can basically like get a group of people together and you can just have one person be the DJ or you can have up to like 10 DJs, I think, or something. Where you can you know, all so just... the, way, the way you're talking about it makes me think that because one of the things we're looking at is uh, I'm not going to get too much into what's going to go on in, in the group besides, you know, that vague idea. But like basically, you know, what we're going to be looking at is, you know, multiple people can be DJs and recommend songs, of course. Right. That's yeah. one thing I'm thinking of. And then I'm not going to say too much more since even though people who listen to Six of Wands very likely are going to overlap in a Venn diagrams manner or manner with those who visible's reading group frankly those who are in the visible's reading group are in the invisible's reading group that's where this kind of comes to the halt of what i'll talk about here for now but yeah um definitely like one song i i listened to earlier today man for whatever it's worth and for whatever it happened and however it happened my life in uh musical terms has been the picture of eclectic and i mean like growing up with not just the rock music from the father, not just like the jam in 94.5 and Kiss Went Away from the mother and the classical music from both. And then, you know, all sorts of other weird influences. Like it's throughout my 20s and throughout my teenage, like things changed so much in terms of dynamics of music. But there was always not just like the record industry music as well. There was always like other influences, be it from film, which is another kind of tentacle and certain terms but then there was like stuff like periods of my life where i would just go to the library and like the best cd store in the world to me was the library it was free you put it on your computer it was definitely not pirating music from the library now that i say it like that what it was, <laughs> was exploring a it was, world of it was the pre-napster napster, napster. And, <laughs> Well, I'm just going to gloss over that point, my friend. We can talk about that some other time when I'm not exactly on my podcast live. Or <laughs> oh, So, that being said, it was just an amazing time. And, like, I was, like, psychic TV, but the Beach Boys, but, you know, Stanley Kubrick also at the library. The library is amazing because, like, all this art and film, but especially for the music, Penguin Cafe Orchestra, John Jacob Niles, Clara Rockmore. I mean, names that you will never hear unless you go on these expeditions for this exposition, because now I can tell people about this great stuff that they'd never hear. Like, I mean, like, I've been through catalogs of classic metal music from, like, Opeth, Dimmu Borgir, Dark Tranquility, Cynic. I mean, there's a lot of great metal music out there. A lot of it, Porcupine Tree, too, is great, but for a different reason. But a lot of people don't even know about Anyways, 
So to bring it back around, my music itself is informed by music itself. And I hope that people are simple enough to take my meaning and smart enough and clever enough to take my meaning. Hey, I hope you're enjoying this so far. This is the Midtro, where we will give shout-outs to those who have given between, uh, donated between $50 and $200. So this is the space for that in the Midtro. You get your names read and your messages read between those donation amounts. And any donation amount that you make will go also towards the show's standing as well. So again, this is all ultimately going towards your character stats. Uh, all your donations are cumulative. So they're basically points that you use to buy things in the value-for-value value role-playing game. Again, you get to start a character when you get to $50 or above that. So $50, you begin a character, and then everything above that will go towards being able to buy material for the character, buy uh, weapons, buy shields, buy clothing. Uh, you've played a Final Fantasy or different RPGs like Dungeons & Dragons before, so... Those are the kinds of items that you'll be able to buy with these points. They never go away, and that's a great thing about them. It's going to be uh, really fun to see this as it gets developed. So without further ado, don't forget the Invisibles Reading Group, and back to the show. We are very... It is true. The Tempest will be just that. <laughs> I think that's important. Have you had a chance to listen to Fear Inoculum at all? To listen to what? The new Tool album. Oh, uh, I think I did listen to it one time, but I fell asleep because I was, uh, it was just because it was late at night. You know, it's a long album. I'm probably going to listen to that while I'm at work tomorrow. So I can find my headphones that I'll bring to work. But. The album itself shouldn't be listened to outside of an album context, IMHO. And if that sounds like I'm repeating myself, I want to make sure that people get the point. It's an album. It's not something that I think can be flipped into songs i mean not the way that it should be listened to yeah yeah it's um something uh it was interesting ryan dropped our culture interview on uh, a 33 date on 10 23 and it's of course a three year by virtue of you know 19 <laughs> and two <coughs> So it's a yep. three and a three and a three that he released it on. Two days later, actually, uh, Kerrang released a cool interview with Danny Carey and Justin Chancellor. There's some cool in, in, uh, information on that. It's like um, every time I hear the word fan, I, I kind of like I'm becoming more and more like aware of that green language aspect of the name that I somehow am a cult fan. Like the fan aspect of that. Like the the ubiquity of that phraseology it's like what a crazy fucking username that i somehow ended up becoming you know a moniker a video game side quest for a magical being that can destroy things with poisons and confusion and blindness wow that sounded way darker than i meant it to sound anyway <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey mr apocalypse no, no, that's my cousin. I'm Mr. Armageddon. No, um, <laughs> um, which is actually funny because that's a Simpsons joke too, um, way back in the day. And dude, Simpsons is a super, it's, you want to talk about like Invisibles too. Sim, I believe Simpsons, at least for a good early, uh, good 10 years, at least maybe even six years of the early Simpsons, uh, say season three through season like 
nine or something fucking hyper sigil of a tv show i mean if everyone's on and on about that bart <laughs> oh yeah that was the bart, uh... i mean if everyone's talking about that then there's something like you know back to the future level on that so i want to i wanted to tie that in we're basically you know reading a back to the future level thing with the invisibles too which i think is very cool um so basically i guess where we're going with this is that people who are going to be creating art at any sufficiently potent level, you know, they need to be seen as magicians, I think. Like, to bring it all back around to Orson Welles and Kubrick and stuff, or, you know, obviously, it, it's not even hard to say Grant Morrison. You know, that's easy. But what about Lewis Carroll? Huh. Oh, you're talking about art as magic, basically? Yeah, I'd say Lewis Carroll was a magician and like probably one of the most profound ones of the past few centuries. Yeah. Yeah. I would say actually like Ayn Rand would be one of the most effective ones. Well, century. I think Ayn, Ayn Rand or Ayn Rand or however you want to say it. However you say it. Fascinating. She's like an L. Ron Hubbard to me. I think she was more effective than L. Ron Hubbard as far as Tom Cruise would agree society. with you. As far as, as far as changing society. Tom Cruise would agree with me that Ayn Rand was more effective than L. Ron Hubbard. I think he would probably disagree. Or is uh, he not? I would say that <laughs> Tom Cruise would agree with you that Ayn Rand had a bigger impact on society. Yeah. Isn't he a Scientologist? See what I did there? <laughs> so i would think he'd be more on the uh all around hubbard camp. Well, that's my point like i i was just i was like you're you make a you make a you make a convince or i should say if not convincing you make an interesting point that perhaps this one is more and i would say well what about scientology that's a that's a heck of a mormonism or a, a, another type of i don't know certain sect of something that's become quite successful there's a lot to unpack in Scientology, that's for sure. Well, none of my business, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's postmodern Mormonism. <laughs> I'll tell you what it is. Uh, what's interesting about Mormonism to tie it back around is that Joseph Smith discovered the plates on 922. In theory. <laughs> according to him in well you know what in the hobbit it's 922 but you don't hear people saying in theory because <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's well. not in theory that's 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 so actually i was watching something about this uh you ever heard of jk chesterton gk chesterton gk chesterton yeah yes i think i might have yeah it was uh yeah yeah, he goes into a lot of stuff about uh, uh, what was it, Tolkien and CSS Lewis, as uh, that was the ship that I actually took to go over to England was the CSS Lewis. Interesting. Yeah, it was um last east no two easters no three easters ago. But it was about him being uh. About them being mythology. And uh, 
like the actual definition of mythology. And then there was a whole big thing about how the term mythology from the time that they were wrote it to what we, you know, the word went through a lot of things since then. But even like C.S. Lewis, he gets a lot of flack these days because he said the Bible was true myth. And it's because they, you know, uh, the way we understand the word mythology these days is probably not the way I would use it, you know. And it's uh, but yeah, it's mythology, and like there's layers of meaning, and it's it's almost like a st extended metaphor, but it's uh. A little different. Well, now we have so many different systems. We have the Star Wars mythology. We have a whole pantheon, and we have Harry Potter. We have things that have risen up above the level that they had the ability to in previous generations and time periods through technology, especially to permeate the mindset wherein maybe, say, especially amongst, I would imagine, at least in the West, traditionally in the elite, the uh, entertainment would be classical of Greek antiquity as well as the playwrights of the time naturally. And maybe something that was culturally acceptably foreign or deviant. But like, you know, basically you only have access to so many different kinds of things that would rule your mindset. Now you have people who actually treat Jedi as a religion, you know, yeah. like Disney owns a religion besides. Well, and <laughs> theater started the reason that Dionysus was one of his, it was got a wine and song and theater. The theater and the song part, but I'm going to focus on the theater part for now, comes from, that's where they get theater from, was enacting the Dionysian mysteries. And they would, uh, you know, wear costumes. And it was a ritual, but it was, you're ritually reenacting the events. And uh, that's where theater comes from. Yeah, I mean, that's where our little ball-worshipping meetup group comes from, right? Yeah. Shit, you said... <laughs> oh, hey, we are supposed to... to talk about. Sorry. Yeah, that was the one we're not supposed Sorry. to. Sorry. My bad. Well, <laughs> now we'll have to get new letterhead. And <laughs> anyway. <laughs> we're going to change the name. <laughs> Damn it. Oh my God! What are we a political party? <laughs> what am well, I? There's a thousand business cards down the drain. <laughs> People bring up our good fearless president. Remember that he was a Democrat for life. Okay, every <laughs> Trump you have to say now. This is the new rule. Trump was a Democrat for his whole fucking life and switched to get elected. Find a shorter way of saying that, but that's the new rule. <laughs> Trump was a Democrat. It's true. That's it. Of course, it's, it's true. It's true. That's true. That's true. And it's it's really a <laughs> bomb if you're actually treating the thing right. You know, I mean, it's, it is. Uh, I'm just kind of looking at the chat, but it's like glad I have <laughs> glad I have everyone else looking at that chat for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, I, I treat it like I, I imagine Adam Curry treats the troll room. You know, it's kind of like, you know, it's, you know, when I'm ready to field it, jump in there. I'm still finding my format, but what I really like about the way that I do these shows is that I have the one on ones that we can get deep into stuff with the one on 
person. I have the one that's a round table. I have the live show that's live. And then I have the other ones, just my personal material projects. So yeah, it works out wonderfully. You don't have to yeah. shoot. What am I going to do? Oh, is it going to be a round table show tonight? No, we, we, we have that. What about this? We have that. We have that. We have that. We have all the directions covered. And if I need to make four more shows to go in the other weird directions, then fine, but not yet. <laughs> gonna get these ones down first and make awesome story. <clears throat> the, the way I'm gonna have the um, the you're gonna have to do 78 shows eventually, one for each tarot card. You know what? We'll figure that out. <laughs> that we, you know, I'll figure that. That is gonna be mighty. I'll have like one interview for each card. I'll call it. All right. It's like someone else tries to take that idea. <laughs> hallucinogenic cannibals in your dreams. Anyway. <laughs> I think I'm joking. No, but I, I'm just kidding. I kid, I kid. I love all people. Isn't that what the comedians say? I, I kid, I kid. I kid, I kid. I love all. Um, you know what it is? is you got to have good Capricorn to be a good comedian, I've heard. And I believe that to be true. I have Jupiter in Capricorn, so my Capricorn's like, wow. You know, as much as Walm can happen with Capricorn, the constrictor of its Saturn being really. No, I said Capricorn and she's hilarious. You have Capricorn cheese balls? What? So my wife's a Capricorn and she's hilarious. See, funny women are rare, in my opinion, until you get to know someone. Then women can be like fucking hilarious. You just like, you know what? I mean, but as far as professional comedians go, I don't know. I'm not going to make the same argument. I'm just going to. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I agree. I'm going to quietly back away from that it's one. It's better left than said, too. But, but like, my girl, <laughs> she's I actually, agree with what you're not saying. My my girlfriend's <laughs> literally hilarious though. She's actually a very funny person, and it's not just my opinion. She's actually she's got great timing. She's got like a good subtle sense of like the piquant taste of the human soul going on. So she knows how to spin a verbiage or a phrase or like I said, the timing, but also the the voicing and also just the attitude. Yeah, she's yeah. Well, my wife has a very similar sense of humor to mine, where it's very sarcastic our- and very sarcastic and uh. JJ's not sarcastic though. That's the thing. It's she's it's something. Never, weird. never. No, no, she's not. That's the thing. She's not. I'm not even. I'm not. That's not a fabrication. Oh, oh you're talking about. No. Oh, so you're, you're talking about wife. me. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's a different thing. You're not my wife yet. Uh, let's talk about nope. that later. Oh, now we're both in trouble. I think both of our um, respective partners here have a kind of similar eth- like at least part like of that middle like i don't know i'm not gonna go blown or spot or anything but like i think they both share some of that ania area stuff you know what i mean and their women are spunky af at least as i understand it but yeah. um, I'm, 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 I'm okay to make a few like broad you know cultural swath remarks per show so there you go at least it's kind of positive <laughs> right, spunky women are fantastic i come on who wants a who wants a boring person in in general? I married one, so you know. <laughs> not a boring person. Yeah, he's a spunky person. Not a boring person. No, you are a Aries uh son, correct? Yeah. You're like two degrees Aries son, three degrees? I think it was two. Two? Two. Okay. Yeah. So um but do you mind sharing your wife's at least sun sign? To Capricorn. I said I just said that. Like about that. So you got the ago. fire with that. So you got like a so if you guys make some babies, is you like make like clay babies, right? Like the fire heating the, is that how that works? The earth? Well, it could clay. I'm basically saying you should make an <laughs> army of golems. This is the hint. You couldn't take the hint. I go make an, an army. army of golems. There you go. I guess army. it would depend on their signs. But. 
What is it? I said, I guess it would depend on their sign. You 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 only want to make a golem in Gemini. That way it goes crazy. And if it, anyways, never mind. No, I would definitely try not to make one in Gemini. (laughs) You're the one who's coming out just saying it, but you know what? God bless the (laughs) ones out there. At least half of you can understand what we're talking about. Anyways, I find there's an interesting thing about air signs, especially, you know, um, I I don't know what it is about me, but I really there's something about a um Aquarius energy, like well well defined and well presented Aquarius energy that I am very at home with, attracted to, and engage like enthralled by. It makes me, you know, it. N- n- on the other hand, nothing can piss me off worse than a shitty Aquarius energy. But you know, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about it. Also, with the Gemini being an air sign and such, you know, yeah, yeah. I find with air signs, like if you have someone with enough air sign for the rest of the room. <laughs> anyways, well, yeah, because air expands to fill the size of the container. So you know, <laughs> there'll be enough air in the room, no matter how many. Always, it makes me think about the cover of Dark Side, uh, not the Dark Side, of the Endless River on the CD, not the actual cover, but the <laughs> itself, the memory, and how our memories are, how our minds might kind of be like that access memory on a spiral of the Zodiac wheel, as if the Zodiac were the ROM wheel. Imagine, like, instead of reading that little silver disc with the tri, you know, with the little tray, it's reading the Zodiac wheel instead. And combining those then two ideas with the modest mouse lyrics that say all this time, all this time, we're all the talking, all the talking, all the time, the air's filling up, filling up, um, you know, talking up till there's nothing left to breathe. And I'm thinking like, you know, isn't that what we're doing with our time in a way? Like we're just filling up our time until there's no time left to fill, you know? And so obviously I must be having some kind of Saturn stuff going on because I've been talking about, you know, the importance of creating things and making some change better. <laughs> on that note finish watching Orson Welles's F is for fake and now I'm kind of just like Ozymandias 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 <laughs> so I mean it's just like it does, and, and at the same time like just because no one's going to remember Nathan Lee Miller Foster in like 500 years doesn't mean that I can't give up for a single second trying to live to that truest sense of what I was talking about as we began this like it really it it it's not even hope in the face of the abyss. It's just fucking what I consider decency in the face of hey, we're here. <laughs> it's really that simple, I think. I don't know. Again. Yeah. So, anyways, I'm gonna say that we're getting near the end of this thing. It's not because I'm hungry, it's not because it's my show, it's not because I'm hungry or that it's my show. It's because I'm hungry and <laughs> But we're getting we're gonna get near the end of it. It's about nine, uh, yeah. So some it's a bit past nine. So we're gonna go for a few more minutes. But let's see here. Housekeeping. This is the Six of Wands episode three, and we do have the Invisibles reading group for those listening to this episode as it has come out. We will have the Invisibles reading group be on eleven eleven. That is the deadline to get everything in. We want to have group cohesion. We've had uh, we've been posting this. We're gonna start blitzing it really more. Uh, over the next few weeks. And of course, um, wasn't it a treat for those who are rune supers out there who also listen to this show to uh, get some uh, cool invisible shout outage in one of the more recent tarls. So 
So uh, I hope you guys realize that there's a lot of things going on. And um, yeah, also I'll say uh, to those who work with St. Cyprian, gosh, uh, I hope you guys are in on this too. I think that there's going to be a lot of cool things going on. So that being said, that's housekeeping. <laughs> um, this is the live show, the Six of Wands that I do, and uh, it is twenty one twenty one in the Universal Time in the EAP. <coughs> We're gonna get this puppy wrapped up in a second. I'll keep the uh, stream going for people to talk in, but uh, we're going to cut the show here at this point. I just want to thank Shima and Joey J and Roy Bluegrass Jr. and Jake for being here this evening. Uh, you guys are really cool for tuning in. And um, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed being here this evening. We will have more. And uh, <laughs> let's just say everyone who tunes in for the live show does get uh has has just got experience points so the four of you guys uh, i think i'm counting correctly <laughs> yeah yeah and jake don't forget you already have like some weapon coming your way eventually down the line i believe you got the armageddon blade if i'm not mistaken i think it was yeah yeah see one of us has a memory about these podcasts in the past and it's anyways <laughs> anyway so the point is to end the show on a high note um the only person who's on the mic right now is Jake. So we'll ask the only person on the mic, Jake, what's some really fucking solid, good spiritual advice that you've gotten over the years that you would say could, you could sum up into like less than 60 seconds and say that like really could help someone out there. That's like happened to synchronistically tune is about to hear this like fucking random message from you. What's some really high level spiritual knowledge. That's like, you know, that you could think could like spin some goodness in people's day. Um, <clears throat> See things for the essence that they are. Don't get caught up in the particulars of the expression. All right, cool, man. That's a that's a that's a good one. Um, so see the forest, don't get caught in the trees. And I do see there's a question, so I'm not going to neglect that. Um, from Shima, it says, "Do you feel you only embody the energies of your personal planets and sun? Well, the sun is a planet." Or do you embrace the ideas? Okay, people enter things in when I'm trying to read. It moves it. So hold on now. Do you embrace the idea that you have the capacity to quote unquote be or not all of them? Uh, hey, y'all have a fantastic inspirational new moon and many happy tomorrows. Well, uh, thank you for that last comment, Shima. That was also Shima saying that last, but I added. But yeah, uh, the sun's a planet and the moon's a planet, which is one of the most fun things to explain to uh, quote unquote N zero zero BSs, right? <laughs> That's like something that like I had a lot of like, okay, that sticks out when you're learning this stuff for the first time that we're so used to in, you know, Horace Mann land, this Prussian education morass yep. are used to thinking of planets as, you know, something that you're elegant. I don't know. It's some weird, like Freudian sexual thing with, you know, sadomasochism, your aunt sitting on pins. What the fuck's that about? weirdos anyway so the point is is that the sun and the moon are actually classical planets there's always this thing about sevens which is a and the earth isn't that's another important the earth is not a planet which is very essential to add thank you jake with the earth is malkuth it's the plane of expression it's the uh, dimensional realm upon which this manifestation occurs that being said the planets as far as i understand it have a way of there's some kind of churning of energies or some kind of like numerological meaning or 
a shape of <laughs> or something. And for people who are like, no, it's just God and the Trinity. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you guys fail the conversation. Get out. But the point is, is that there are seven God, you know, the seven gods in a way, the old seven, just as there is the one and the three and the yada yada. And I suppose the five and so on. But the idea is that as far as looking at this system goes, the way that I can so the summarily best answer your question is I find my Jupiter acting through the energies of certain things uh, that it says it acts through. I find that it manifests through that way. And when certain events come to pass, I, uh, for example, when Capricorn was doing a certain thing in my life, which is my 11th house, I joined Freemasonry. It was right in my chart that it was going to happen. Structured groups about building. It was right there. Um, I, I definitely have all this destiny with like uh, Solomon's ring and occult fan and, uh, the certain numerological uh, equations, functions, and meanings. Yeah, all the planets are expressed. Your Venus is going to Venus and be that in your life. And you can do certain magics uh, to annul or change your planetary fates as well. So I'll leave that for another conversation for another time. But basically, to answer your question, uh, do I feel that you only embody the energies? Um, that's like one of those fate and free will questions. It's like, <coughs> just like some grand clock and it's like you're going to do this at this time and this at this time i think they're just tendencies as as far as i uh some of the astrologers that i respect most i i i believe that in general they would tend to uh, let them speak for themselves but from what i've gleaned it seems that their particular constants or frequencies that will have a tendency to have things happen and again like you have jyotish and you have chinese and you have other untold levels of systems of astrologies that we don't even know about at this time, right? You know, we can barely grok it as, our, as we're speaking, right? I would suggest, Chima, for you, the best thing you could do is to get into some courses or read the work of Austin Kopic. It's a great place to start. Um, uh, C-O-P-P-O-C-K. Um, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what I got for you for now for astrology. Chris Brennan's also a, a great starting point. Uh, the astrology podcast is wonderful. Kelly Surtees is also on that. So those three guys, right? Or you know, three human beings, three humes, three genomes, as I like to say, humes or genomes. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's an answer. <laughs> is it a good one? <laughs> I can find it. And Jake's smoking up, and now I, now I want to smoke. But yeah, I, I'd say that's my answer. Um, yeah, what's most important? Um, and I just wrote a blog post on this, and. I'm, I, I, I am quite taken with this metaphor, and I did mention the dark side of the moon cover. When you look at the cover, you see the unbridled energy, right? The unfiltered energy going through, then it hits the prism, then it turns into the planets, I think. I think that rising sign energy, that is why it's more, <coughs> in my humble opinion, and everything in astrology is the rising sign, right? Where the horizon comes up. Because for the solar energy, like I learned this... Um, the most potent solar energy that comes through is in the very earliest parts of the day, at least for this particular type of energy, this morning energy at that degree. And then it's most potent from the angle of the noon, most potent for another way from the sunset, from drawing, and the same thing with midnight. So, But the same thing goes with the energy potency in that way, except in this sense, it seems to be that it's undifferentiated and that's the entire swath so that the ray of undifferentiated energy is kind of like what your rising sign would be. So you can imagine dark side of the moon and the rising sign, that prismatic effect. And I wanted to mention the rising sign since you mentioned the planets, but you didn't mention the rising sign, which is integral. That's why you need to know um, where you're born and when you're born 
in some official enough real capacity for the, whatever the real mechanism of the clock was that matched the actual occurrence in that time. You know, so some people say that a nurse might look up and she had to deal with some like the umbilical clipping first. She's looking up the clock. It's not analog. It's, uh, excuse me, it's not digital. It's analog. So she looks at an angle and reads it when it's like a five, but it's really a 10. You know, I mean, so stuff like that. So, they, you know, within reason, but that's why you need that. And the rising sign is the most important. It sets, especially with whole house astrology, it sets the pattern for the rest of your houses. The only well, the rising people, sign changes. Oh, sorry, only, only people born with a rising sign of Aries have a suit of houses that match the first through the rest and end with Pisces of the 12th house. If you're born with something like Capricorn, you're going to have an entire shift. So that's very important. The houses do change and it's very quick. And in fact, it's based on longitude and latitude in where I am in Massachusetts. This whole area, the New England area, has a very short period of Pisces risings. That's the rarest one to get around here. Now, as you get closer to the equator, it balances out and you have more of a 12, 12, 12, or however it goes every two hours, yada, yada. But where you're scant at the, from, the, um, from the equator's angle, you're going to get a greater amount of this and a lesser amount of this and that, the other thing. So anyways, uh, that's a good basic starter uh, answer. I'm glad that I caught that. Um, my, um, my, my white <laughs> queen did catch that for me, and I, her red king, executed the quandary. So now we are complete in the art artist, art appreciator. And guys, that has been our show. Thank you for listening to the six of wands this has been a pleasure and the show is done all right thank you so much for listening to the six of wands this is the live show in the series of the six of series for the six of swords six of cups six of wands and six of discs so thank you for listening i hope you got something out of this that you enjoy don't forget you can donate over at occultfan.com hit the donate button there you can also Access the Invisibles Reading Group by going to the same place, www.occultfan.com, hitting that PayPal donate button, and 1111 will get you into the Invisibles Reading Group. Uh, if you feel the need to, just put a note for Invisibles Reading Group. And otherwise, uh, if you want to do donations to the show, say donation for Six of Wands Episode 3, or you can donate to previous shows too. I will give you shout-outs as you give them, but you can tell me which shows you want to get the points. I hope that's clear. You say, I'm donating this for this but I will read it off, obviously, on the next show that comes up. And I might not even say which show got the donation points, but I, I want you to understand that shows level up, too. I hope you're understanding that point. So thank you so much for listening to the Six of Wands. This has been Six of Wands, Episode 3. I am your host, a cult fan, a.k.a. Nathan Lee Miller-Foster. So, yeah, <laughs> see you guys next time. Mm-hmm.